Christ is risen from the dead, trampling over death by death. Come awake, come awake, come and rise up from the grave. Christ is risen from the dead, we are one with Him again. Come awake, come awake, come and rise up from the grave. faced a, a major battle in your life? You know, it's one thing for us to face an opponent, but it's another thing for us to face opponents in a multi-direction. And we've been going through the book of Joshua, and the book of Joshua is a, is a Bible book about battles. And actually, it's not even about battling with, uh, on, on a defense. It's actually going on the offense uh, being led by God to go into destinations and places that God is calling us to go to. And so all of us, all of us are, are facing uh, a battle in life. It's just a lot more difficult when you're facing it from many fronts or in, in many lanes. And one of the promises that we get from God's word is found in uh, Corinthians. 
In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, as the Apostle Paul is talking about conquering the greatest enemy that we have, which is death, uh, we find out that he says this. He says, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The victory is yours in Christ. Every one of you that is watching online, uh, no matter what you're facing, no matter how difficult the battle is, you need to know that not only is God on your side, he's a victor. And with him, uh, you're going to be able to overcome whatever is in front of us. So the one word that I want for us to hold on to is victory. Victory. We have victory through, through Jesus Christ. We have victory in God. But we're all at a place. We all want to get to a destination. And we need the vehicle to get us to that place. So I put together three vehicles of victory. And the first vehicle that I want us to look at is uh, the battle belongs to the Lord. I have lost too many battles in my life trying to fight them on my own. And maybe you're like me. Maybe you have tried in your own strength, in your own uh, uh, you know, intellect, in your own abilities and your giftings and talents to conquer some things in your life, but you've done this to no avail. The reason for that is because we, there, there are things in life that are bigger than us. And when we have those things in life, we absolutely need the power of God. I need a vehicle that will keep me in a lane where I understand that the battle is the Lord's. And so as we look at Joshua, as, as we look at chapter 10 of Joshua, we're going to see that first vehicle come to play. And this is what it says in, in chapter 10, verses 1 through 3. It says, Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had captured and completely destroyed Ai and killed his king, just as he had destroyed the town of Jericho and killed its king. He also learned that the Gibeonites had made peace with Israel and were now their allies. He and his people became very afraid when they heard all of this because Gibeon was a large town, as large as the royal cities and larger than Ai. And the Gibeonite men were very strong warriors. Do you notice how the enemy had become aware? They had heard, they had learned, they began to take notice of what God was doing through Israel. And it brought fear into their lives. But they began to scheme. This is important right here. They began to look at methods or, or devise methods to, to help them uh, conquer uh, God's people. And, and, and you, that's important to us because as we face our battles, there's an enemy that we face. His name is uh, Satan, and he, and he desires to come against us. And there's a methodology. There's a, there's a way that he schemes, plans out to try to stop us in our tracks. This is how Paul put it in Ephesians chapter 6. He says, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. The literal there is all the schemes or all the methods that the devil has to, to come against us. And so no matter what he does, you can, you can overcome if you put on the armor of God. It's no different for Joshua. Joshua and the, the children of Israel, they had to put on the armor of God. They had to trust 
in the Lord's power. They had to trust in, in God's word. They had to, to trust that the prayers that they would pray would be powerful. That, and chapter 10 is all about, about just that. It's about Joshua praying to God, Joshua trusting God, God's people seeing the, the hand of God move in their lives. And I think that's important for us. That the hand of God is not too short for the battle you're in. He's bigger than what you're facing. He, he's, he's bigger than the enemy that's, 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 that's coming against you. That strong man in your life, whatever face that it has, is not bigger than Jesus Christ. And so here's how the, 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 the narrative goes on in, in Joshua. Verse 5, it says, King Adonai Zedek of Jerusalem sent messengers to several other kings. Hoham of Hebron, Piram of Jarmuth, Japhia of Lachish, Deber of Eglon. And he said, come and help me destroy Gibeon. He urged them, for they had made peace with Joshua and the people of Israel. So these five Amorite kings combined their armies for a united attack. They moved all their troops into place and attacked Gibeon. This is so important. Five different lanes, five different opponents uniting together to attack the people of God. And they didn't come at Joshua and his army. They came at the Gibeonites who had become allies through trickery, who became allies with God's people. And many of us, we find that as, as, as we start to move into the purposes of God, um, that the enemy will, will join forces. And there's a lot of, uh, of demonic entourage that, that tries to come against God's people. And sometimes they join forces. So you're not just fighting one front. You're not just fighting one ally or, or I'm sorry, one enemy. There are several enemies that are coming against you. But the battle is the Lord's. And that's a vehicle that we have to, we, we have to get into. We, ha- we have to know that, that for us to get into a, a victory, a destination of victory, you've got to trust that God is going before you. He's going before you. And, and then the, the, the next vehicle that, that, we, that we rely on to get us to the destination is our assurance is in the Lord. You see, our trust is in the Lord. You know, John 14, 1, Jesus told his disciples, trust in God, trust also in me. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. You see, we have an assurance in God that he's faithful. You need to know this. You, no matter where you're sitting, no matter where you're watching from, God wants you to know that you can trust him above anyone else, above any other thing in your life. You can trust him. And believe me, Pastor James has gone through battles. Battles that are so difficult from different fronts. But God, he continually remains faithful with no matter what we're, we're going through. Here's, here's how it goes in, in verse 7. He says, so Joshua and his entire army, including his best warriors, they left Gilgal and set out for Gibeon. In verse 8 it says, do not be afraid of them. The Lord said to Joshua, for I have given you victory over them. Not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you. You see, he talked to him in a future tense, even though in the present he hadn't even fought the war. 
He says, I have given you victory over them. No one will be able to stand against you. That's a word for us today. No matter what you're facing, no matter who you're facing, no matter how big the attack, no matter how many of them there are, God says, there's a promise there that there's victory in Christ. But there's a trust factor. And, and every battle, every battle, no matter how difficult it is, we're going to default to either believing and trusting God or we're going to default to believing and trusting ourselves. And, and I have come to the place that I have found that I continually fail. I, I've also found that, that, that people around me will fail at times, even my greatest allies do you notice that, that Joshua was going to be taking his best warriors? The best fighters that he had, he, he had assembled them together. And he said, you know, I, I, I got the best of the best with me. But God said, don't trust your best. Trust me. That's, an, that's a word for the wise right now. You know, you maybe have trusted the, your stock or maybe you've trusted, you know, the, your, your country. Maybe you've trusted uh, things that seem reliable. They seem like they're the best that you can have, but they're not better than God. And so God is teaching Joshua, just like he's teaching us, that, uh, that, that he will remain faithful. And, 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 and for us to grab a hold of the fact that there are circumstances in life, there are, there are, there are things in, in life that, that will either cause us to doubt and there's people in life that will steal our peace. And our default is trust God and stay anchored in his promise. You see, that's a promise that, that, that God gave uh, Joshua our, uh, from chapter 1, verse 5, to be strong and courageous, to know that, that he was going to be with him no matter what he was going to be facing. A, a lot of times, a lot of times, a lot of times we're looking for a, a new Word, a fresh word of revelation, when really what you need to do is hold on to the promise of God. The promise of God is that He's with us. The promise of God is that He will never leave us or forsake us. The promise of God is that He's the victor in whatever battle we face. He's going to go before us, He's going to be with us, He's going to strengthen us. But more than that, He's going to fight for us. And I don't know what you're facing right now. But I can promise you one thing. The only promise that I know is true. And that is that God is bigger than what you're facing. He's bigger than, than uh, whatever enemy you have. And if you have many enemies, let me tell you, God is a conquering Savior. Jesus Christ, he can help you overcome. He will overcome. And here, here's vehicle number three. Vehicle number three is that the victory belongs to the Lord. In your journey in life, you need to know that that the the victory is God's. And if you've if you've lived your life driving down a lane of constant defeat, maybe you've been in the wrong vehicle. If that vehicle has been trusting self, if that vehicle has been trusting others, if that vehicle has been trusting methods outside of God, maybe this is the time that you leave that vehicle and get onto 
God's vehicle. Let him be the way. Because the victory that you're going to get is going to come through Jesus Christ. The the last part of Joshua is, is so incredibly amazing. It's so pregnant with the power and the purposes of God. And one of the most important passages of Joshua is read in in verse 10 and 11. And I love how the literal translation, the New American Standard Bible, it puts it like this. It says, and the Lord brought them into confusion before Israel. I want to pause right there. I want to pause. And I want us just to think about this. Okay, So, so what the word is telling us is that God did this. The Lord brought them into confusion. And then we're going to see how it is actually the hand of God that is working on behalf of Joshua and the Israelites to help them overcome. Let's, let's go back to the narrative, okay? It says, and he struck them down in a great defeat at Gibeon, he being God, and pursued them by the way of the ascent to Beth Haran, and struck them as far as Ezekah and Makeda. And as they fled from Israel, while they were at the descent of Beth Haran, the Lord hurled large stones from heaven on them as far as Aska. And they died there. Uh, there were more who died from the hailstones than those whom the sons of Israel killed with the sword. Not only did, did God fight for them and give them the victory. But, but I want you to see what that did to the faith of Joshua. It, it, it expanded his faith. It, it grew his faith. Because Joshua goes on ahead and he prays a prayer that's a lot bigger than anything that he could ever accomplish. And, and I think a lot of times we limit the power of God by praying prayers that are too small. Let's just look at what, what happens. It says in verse 12... On the day the Lord gave the the Israelites victory over the Amorites, Joshua prayed to the Lord. And he prayed in front of all the people of Israel. And he said, let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stayed in place until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. Is this event not recorded in the book of Jashar? The sun stayed in the middle of the sky and it did not set as on a normal day. There has never been a day like this one before or since when the Lord answered such a prayer. Surely the Lord fought for Israel that day. And and here's my question. Here's my question. Why do we shy away from praying prayers that are bigger than anything we could ever imagine? As God fights our battles, we need to pray prayers that expand his greatness in our life, that expand his glory in our lives. You see, what Joshua is saying is, he's saying, hold the sun, hold the sun up where it is. Give us more light so that we can fulfill the work that you have for us in this battle. And I don't know if God's going to stop the day for you when you pray. But I do know that God will give us more light for the dark battles that we're in. I do know that Jesus is the source of light in our lives to expel all the darkness 
that's trying to creep in. And, and, and your enemy might be uh, pride. Your enemy might be, you know, uh, uh, materialism or greed. Your enemy might be uh, anger. It might be pornography. It might be all kinds of different dark places, those, those dark enemies that, that want to take us away from the purposes of God. <clears throat> I can promise you this. If you pray to the Lord, that he will provide the light that we need to expel the darkness. He'll give us just the right amount of light to help us conquer those dark enemies in our life. And he wants us to know that when those enemies are conquered, and they, and they will be, and I'm believing even right now that I'm speaking to someone and, and God is it, it, he wants you to know that, that those enemies that you have are not bigger than him. They might be bigger than you. That strong man in your life, that, that, that enemy, uh, Satan, the devil, the one who comes in, penetrates, and separates you from God's purposes and maybe separating you from loved ones in your family. He's taking you to, to these dark places. Let me tell you, he is not bigger than God. And, and, and there may be these, these dark enemies that are joining forces and they're coming from many lanes. But the victory belongs to the Lord. Right now, right where you're at, God's winning your battle. When you trust him, when you pray to him, when you speak in the name of Jesus Christ, there is nothing that God cannot do. There's nothing. And these, these, these kings that, that formed an alliance and they were enemies of, of God's people, they went and they, and they hid in a cave and they, and, they, and they put rocks on that cave to hold them there. And this is what the narrative says in, uh, as we move on in, in verse 22. It says, Then Joshua said, Remove the rocks covering the opening of the cave and, and bring the five kings to me. Verse 23, so they brought the five kings out of the cave, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Jashish, and Eglon. And when they brought them out, Joshua told the commanders of his army, come and put your feet on the king's necks. And they did as they were told. Can I tell you why this happened? It's because God takes it very serious what the enemy does to his people. He, he takes it very serious how when, when, when enemies line up against God's people to, to try to destroy the purposes that he has for us. And he says, you need, to, you need to put your foot on the neck. You cannot let them live in your life. And all of us have enemies. All of us. Let, 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 me, let me ask you a question. Which enemy in your life is kicking your hiney right now? Which, which enemy in your life is, is, is taking you down a tailspin? Can I tell you that enemy needs to be destroyed in your life? It, it doesn't need to be kind of just moved around, moved over. It needs to be destroyed. I talked about the enemies that, that we have in life, whether it's pride or it's anger or it's porn or it's greed or addiction. 
You, you can't let these enemies in your life, you can't let them have their way. You can't just move them aside and say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about them. I'm not going to deal with them. You've got you to gotta put your foot on their neck. You've got to put your foot on the neck of pride. You've got to put your foot on the neck of anger that, that is harmful to the people in your life. In your life. You gotta put your, your, your foot on the neck on, of porn. You, you've gotta destroy any kind of porn that tries to rise up against you. And greed, where the love of money, the love of money is the root of evil. And because of the love of money, uh, it's led you down to places that you, you actually forsake the things of God. And addiction, addiction is a horrible enemy. It's an enemy that, 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 that comes and, and it enslaves people. Whether you're addicted to uh, a, you know, a drug or you're addicted to alcohol or you're addicted to, to gossip. It, it could be a lot of different things that has to, you got to put your spiritual foot on that neck and don't let it live. And, and, and God calls us to that, you know. All of these, all of these have their set of schemes. They have their set of methods. They're waiting to. They're lurking. They're 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 luring God's people in. It's like those five kings. Let's join together and 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 we'll go against the Gibeonites. We'll go against those that have made an allegiance with God, and we'll destroy them. And then we'll go after everyone else. Maybe the enemy is coming after your children. Maybe you're in, the enemy is coming after your grandchildren. Maybe the enemy is coming after people that you love. God is bigger. He's greater. And the whole thrust is that you need to understand that the battle belongs to God. You need to be assured that God is bigger and greater. And you need to be confident that the victory is in the name of Jesus Christ. It's no accident that Joshua led the Israelites into the promised land because it was just a picture of Yeshua who was to come. Yeshua would be Jesus Christ that would come and set people free from the captives of their enemy. From captivity, from, from, from the, the things that keep people bound. And then God calls us to uh, verse 22 and 25. He says, he says, don't ever be afraid. This is Joshua talking to his men. Don't ever be afraid or discouraged. Be strong and courageous for the Lord is going to do this to all your enemies. All your enemies. He's saying, see how these kings stood up against us? God was victorious. And because of that, we're victorious. Maybe, maybe you're, you're, you're here and you've been navigating life in the wrong vehicle. It's been a vehicle of self. It's been a vehicle that defaults to trusting your own ways. It's been a vehicle that has led you to try to fight and you lose more battles than you'd like. If that's you, I want to invite you to a different lane. Jesus said, I am the, the way. I'm the way. I want to lead you to his lane. I also want to invite you to a different path. A 
path where, where, where you're not trying to do things on your own, where, where you begin to allow this to become a part of your, of your life. The word of God is a, is a lamp unto our, unto our feet that keeps us from stumbling. another vehicle the vehicle that, that, that we get in that's not self driven like a Tesla but it's God driven and, and, and that vehicle it, it always takes us down a path where we trust that the battle belongs to God and we have an assurance a confidence that no matter what we're facing no matter how crazy it looks in our circumstances and he's faithful. And then we will see continuously victory in God. Because the victory belongs to the Lord. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to invite you to trust God today. I want to invite you to give your life to Jesus. And if that's you, if, that, if, if that's where you're at, I just, I don't have to manipulate. I don't have to, you know, do anything that's, that's going to try to, you know, you know uh, twist your arm. You just know that the way that you've been living life is not the right way. It's a better way. So I want to lead you to Jesus. I want to lead you to your Savior. I want to lead you to the one who wins the battles of life. If you pray this prayer with me right now, it's your starting place. Because God, I, I need you. And I'm tired of trying to do life on my own. I'm tired of, of losing the battles in my life that are so important. So right now, I, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that my way is not the right way. And I believed today that my, my trust is going to be placed in one who's greater than me, and that's Jesus Christ. I believe that he came to this earth, he lived a sinless life. He went to the cross at Calvary, and he died for my sins, all of them, past, present, and future. I also believe that he rolled from the dead on the third day, so I confess Jesus as my Lord right now. I choose to follow him from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer, then today you have entered into the family of God. You have actually come into this vehicle that's going to take you to a destination of eternal life and an abundant life here on earth. You're, off, you're in the family of God. You're a part of, of, of what we celebrate. You know, at Living Word Chapel, we are a church that loves, empowers, and transforms people with and through the living word. But we're just a part of the body. We're, we're not the church. We're a part of the church. The church is represented in a lot of different places all over the world. And we, we partner with our sister churches. We thank God. So if you're in another, another uh, wherever you're at, in another location, we'd love for you to become a part of our online campus. We'd love for you to connect, and we'd love to help you on your journey. But we also know that there's great churches everywhere. So uh, if you find a church that's going to help you, strengthen you, walk with you, praise God. That is the greatest thing in the world. But we're here. We're here for you, and God has great things 
for you as well. The victory is yours and celebrate it throughout the week in Jesus' name.